But the only chance you have to even have a shot there is what you do when no one's looking and there are no lights on and nobody's watching. Mm. And that goes in business and that goes in life. Mm. Who you are when no one's watching is who you are. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk that talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. Today, folks, we are joined by two-sport athlete Jeremy Herder, a productivity coach to several Fortune 500 companies and life coach, among many other titles. He's also the pioneer of Optimal Self and spends every day following the very habits he promotes through this program. Jeremy has helped people become the best version of themselves through Optimal Self, and he's done so with the belief that every high-performing individual follows those same basic habits to support their success. Wherever you are, clap your hands, stump your feet, Mr. Jeremy Herder. How are you feeling officially, Jeremy? Whoa, I love it, man. Thank you for that great intro. How could I not be just on, what cloud is it? Nine, 10, like, come on, man. I get to spend the day with you two, get to spend this next hour or so. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Man, I love it. Locked and loaded. This, we love this kind of energy. Only the best of the best. So certainly glad to be joined with one of the best also. So really quick, you mentioned, you know, you know, you hit maybe a seven iron, maybe a driver. You're probably being humble. Hit Magic Mountain out there on the West Coast. Is Cali forever home? You love California. Just the vibe, everything. Tell us about that. Uh, no, I mean, uh, probably not, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to... Uh, uh, I want to, I want to be all over the world, man. Like, you know, the great thing about, about what we do, even this right here, sharing this moment with you guys is we could be anywhere in the world. Right. And I, I think what, one of the characteristics that, that I preach and one of my values, well, I'll give you my three values in life is integrity, character, and empathy. And those are the things I live by and, and integrity being do, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Uh, character, be who you say you're going to be. And, and what you asked me right there, the empathy side is, man, we need to get into different cultures. We need to get into different ways and listen to one another and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that I, I just um, I'm excited about, I'm passionate about. Uh, I tell my, my daughters the same thing is, you know, we got to get out there. So California is not forever home. You know, my family's here. So yeah, will I be back and will that happen? No question. But man, I I want to get and be able to be a conduit to whoever needs it so that we can teach and grow and help people become the best version of themselves, man. Not my version, not optimal self's version. That, that that I want people to understand that like when I say the best version of you, I mean it. Not my version. Not your, you know, mm. like not your mom's version, not your dad's version, not your sixth grade teacher's version. Like no, that that's that's our problem, right? Is that we get caught up in all the, in all the minutia, we get caught up in all the noise, and we try to be something that somebody else wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Man, it's time to look inside ourselves because the world needs you. Stan needs you, Prince, 
as the best version of you. That's what we're going to learn from. That's what we got to be. So, man, yeah. super powerful because it's quite, we haven't met that version yet. So the way you <laughs> put right. that, I felt was really, really powerful. That leads to a great question that Prince has lined up. Prince, go ahead, man. So, so what got you to this point, you know, through from uh, being a, a strong advocate for, you know, integrity, character and empathy? Like, where, where, where's your humble beginnings? Where did you start and how did you get to this point? So, you know, being a professional athlete, getting to play baseball at the highest level, you know, going on to CrossFit and, and getting to the games and, and those things, like those are all accolades, right? You see, you see those things, but nobody succeeds alone. Nobody. And, and especially me, I grew up with, you know, my father was an alcoholic, drug addict, you know, was very abusive to my, to my mother, to us. Uh, luckily I have a strong willed mother that said enough is enough, got us out at a young age and tended to us and, and worked double time and triple shifts and three jobs to, to, to let up, to, to give us an opportunity to, to have a better life, to have a better way, you know, and, and that man, his, you know, my birth father's father was, was an alcoholic and died with a beer in his hand. Right. And so probably going to be the same thing. And the only way to get out of that is, is to make a change. Right. That's a change of behavior, right? You have to learn something different. So if I, if, if we were, if we were in that, in that environment, you learn that environment. And luckily my mom said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And so we, you know, so I want to start there to say, you know, thank God for her. Thank God for her strength. Thank God for her standing up for, for us, for me and my little brother and, and, and getting us into, and just, and just fighting for, for a better way. And now, because otherwise maybe I do learn that. Maybe is that that is my learning environment. So we have to step outside. And through that, I was able to get to different places and different things. But I want people to understand, though, it, it was never I was never the best kid. I was never the fastest. I was not the athlete as a young age where you were going to look at me. Right. So you ask my mom, my mom would say, hey, you know, you, you came out throwing baseballs and hitting and saying, I'm going to be a pro baseball player like from day one. Right. Like I came out. Let's go. And, but here's the thing when you're six, seven, and eight, that's really cute, right? <laughs> Everyone's on your side then. They're like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, man, go get them. When, you, when you're 15, 16, and 17, and you're, you know, and you're still that little kid and don't have the strength and you're not, you know, hitting balls out of the, then everybody starts to say, wait, wait, it's probably not what you're going to do, kids. So you might need to figure something else out. You might need another, right? But the thing is, and I want people to understand this, there are a lot of people who said I wouldn't do it. There are a lot of people who told me to get a plan B, to get a plan C, you know, like you might even need plan D because, <laughs> but when people tell you those things, the, the, the funny thing is, and I say this all the time now is there's a lot of people that said I wouldn't do it. A lot of people said that I couldn't make it. I just, they believed it. I just wasn't one of them. Mm. And it just, like and so that, with that being, with that being said, it didn't affect me. And I know that it affects people in different ways. So, so I don't want to act like that's easy. But the moment I changed and reframed from what I wanted to do to what can I do today? And can I share a quick story with you guys? I mean, please, floor is yours. Because Absolutely. so a paradigm shifting moment for me, and, and and I hope somebody gets gets some help out of this as well. Is that when I was thirteen years old? my we my team won the championship and in that year when the championship team the coach of the championship team gets to coach the all-star team 
We won the championship. The coach was my best friend's dad. He was like a father figure to me still to this, to, to, to his death. He was a mentor and a great, great man. And I thought, man, this is my year. Like we won the championship. I played pretty well. I played every game. He knows me. He's like a dad to me. He's going to choose me. Right. And I was geared up, man. I had so convinced myself that this was the year. And we get there and they call the names and my name doesn't get called. And it was crushing. And I don't know about you guys, but your kids. And so after that, you know, everybody goes to the pizza parlor and they get kids pizza. The parents get to drink some beer, watch the games. Why, why, you know, everybody goes to play. The kids get to play some video games, right? It's it's easy. It's, it's the team thing. Well, in that moment, in that day, I saw him standing over by himself and I walked over to him and I tugged on his shirt and he looked down. He said, yes, son. And I said, how come you didn't pick me? How, how come I didn't make all-stars? Now, listen, stay with me. He, he looked me dead in the eye. And look, I'm a 50-year-old man today. This is a 13-year-old boy. And I can still tell you vividly what he was wearing, what I was wearing, what the smells were like. It's vivid in my mind today. And he looked me dead in the eye. And he said, because you weren't good enough. Now, I know it's tough. I know it's rough. I, I, I heard it. Yes, it crushed. It crushed me in that moment. And I stomped, and I sauntered away, stood by some other kids. And then I ran to the front. I asked the lady, to, can, it's, a, it's very important. Can you please call my mom? I need to talk to my mom. So they call. So the lady lets me use the phone. She dials the number. I'm sitting down, call my mom. I said, mom, can you please come get me? Please, please, please come get me. And she's like, what's going on? I said, just just please come. She's like, you're supposed to stay the night. It's a sleepover. You guys want the chat? You know, I said, mom, please, please. Right. She's like, I'm on my way. Fine. I let her hang up that phone when no one was looking. I just, I just went right out that front door. I sat right by the door on the curb and waited for my mom to pull up. My mom pulled up and I jumped in that car as fast as I could. And I, I, I started crying before I could even get the seatbelt on. And then I'm crying, like sobbing, like, <gasps> right. She's like, what in the hell is going on right now? What is going on? And I said, just go, please go. And she's like, boy, I'm not moving this car until you tell me what's going on. And I told her, and now, you know, moms and y'all parents right now, and I'm sure there's parents out there listening are like, what? She pulled into the parking spot and was like, you stay, I'm going inside. I'm going to go. Inside. And I said, no, no, no. I'm begging her. Right. I'm like, please, please don't, please don't. <laughs> She's going in to get him. Right. Give him a piece of her mom. Like, please, mom, please. I'm embarrassed. Just, can we just go? Can we just go? Should we just go? And I want y'all to know this. And I don't know if my mom knew what she was doing in this moment, but she said something that, that, that turned everything. She did. She said something to me that changed my life forever. And so she said, really, you don't want to go. You don't want me to go in there. I said, please, mom, don't go in there. Pause. She looked straight at me and she said, then what do you want to do? What are you going to do about it? Hey, yo, listen, <laughs> in that, I, even right now, look, I just got the chills. I wish people could, I just got the chills because it, a calm in that moment, just like right now came over my body because she said, what are you going to do? Right. The milk is spilled on the ground. You're going to leave that milk sitting there for someone else to clean up because it's going to rot. Your shit's going to start stinking, right? It's going to stink you out or you're going to clean it 
when no, who cares what else, right? Who cares who spilt it? Who ca- you gonna clean it or you gonna let it sit there and rot? Because so here's the point, like for this is that she said that to me, and this calm came over my body, and I looked at her and I said, and okay, well, I live on the West Coast, so you, it, the sporting goods in those days was called big fives, right? Yeah. You have dicks and you have other places, right? Yeah. I said, Mom, can I go? Can we go to Big Five? She said, "What? Like, let's go get some ice cream. Let's let's put some. Let's like, this kid is out of his mind, right?" She's like, "Let's go get a toy at, at, at Target. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, let's just mask this thing. Let's get a distraction. Like, let's just go get some. Get you know, let's go get some some ice cream. Come on, it'll be cute, right?" And I'm like, "Can we just go to Big Five? She's like, "Whatever, let's go." Right? Pulls around. Pulls out of there and goes, we go in. Just like I told you, I could I could remember what I was wearing and what he was wearing. I remember I, vividly. We walked in. I took over to the baseball section. The sign was yellow because it was on sale, $19.99. And I pointed up and I said, can I have that right there? She said, what is that? I said, it's a batting tee, mom. It's a batting tee. She said, this, like, I, I could see the look on her face. She just like, this is going to appease my son. Like this is going to, this is going to make it feel better. You don't want no, they don't want no Rocky road or some ice cream. Like he was a damn tea. Right. She's like, all right, 20 bucks to, to appease you. Like that's cheap. Let's roll. Like she pulls it off. Right. We get it that day. Y'all that day, same day that he told me I wasn't that day. I'm in the backyard scrounging up balls that I had around the house and I'm him balls off that tea. And I made a deal with myself. I said, from this point forward, we're going to hit 100 of those damn balls every day. Every day, you're going to go out there and make those swings. Every single day. Because nobody's ever going to say to me again, hey, you're not good enough. At least not from lack of effort. At least from not me putting in the time, energy, and effort. So there's – Go ahead. Well, I said, which is free. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right. And, and so what I want people to truly understand is that in that moment – well, let's fast forward. I'll give you the end and then we'll come back to this for a second. Because it wasn't the next year. I, next year, I didn't make all-stars either. The next year, I barely made the high school team. I sat on the bench. I got more water than I got at bats, right? Like I was chasing yeah. water for the team more than, than I was getting to play, right? I was just part of the team. The next year, a little bit better. The next year, a little bit better. By the time I was a senior, 18, five years later of hitting balls off that tee every single day, Right. That is the moment that I led this. I led the team in hitting. I was all league. Got the patch on my Letterman's jacket. I was the MVP of our team, and I got a scholarship to go play baseball at a college. The only kid on that team that got a scholarship to go play college baseball. Now, I want people to understand. There is, it's if we, if I would have expected a result and just went out there and hit it once, expect to make the all-star team next year, that isn't going to happen because we, you've heard this before. I wasn't, I'm not the person to say this, but it's true. We overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in the next five or 10 years, right? We underestimate our, our, our true capabilities because we want immediate results. You see, it was never about a result for me. I wasn't, my goal was not to be the MVP of the team. My goal was to get better. My goal was to say, yo, let's go. Let, let's see what happens. And I'm talking, I was out there in the rain. I, <laughs> I, I used tennis balls because the, the, the balls would soak up the water better and it wouldn't ruin my baseballs, right? I'd use tennis balls and hit those days because just because the wetness, whatever it took, whatever it took. 
Fast forward now another five years and seven of those kids and the coach bought a ticket to come to the stadium to watch me play baseball. <laughs> okay. Now they're still my friends. It was never in spite of them. I was pushed and I was honored to, that they were there, man. It was, it was wonderful. They're still some of my best friends to this day. It was not about them. It was about my goal. It was about my, it was about my vision. It was about what I wanted to become. And I told him that story at dinner that night and he was devastated. He was like, I did what? Oh my Lord. Like he was, he was physically upset, right? You could see it in him. And I said, hold on, hold on. I gave him a hug. I said, come here. No, 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 no. He's like, I can't believe I, I said, no, you told me the truth. You told me the truth that day, because let's think about this for a second. Let's say he does put where I was wrong. Let's be clear on this. I was wrong because I was expecting him because of who I knew and that he liked me and, and all these things that we believe are what's going to make this person. No. And, and I want to be honest with everybody listening is 15 kids made that all-star team. There's 120 kids in that league. So if I was the 16th best kid that year out of 120, it was pretty cool. That's pretty good. But I still wasn't good enough to make that team. There were 15 kids better that deserved it over me because they were physically better than I was. And I was expecting a result without putting in the damn work because he liked me, because he was my you know, second dad, because we've been on vacation together. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not how life works. And that's the lesson is to not look for the handout, to look for the work and ask yourself, all right, so what can you do? I hope each and every one of your think about my mom. She, I don't think she knew what she was doing, but she did something so beautiful. So, okay. He said, you're not good enough. What are you going to do about it? You're going to sit here, eat, right? She didn't say it this way, yeah. but you're going to sit here and cry. You're going to sit here and mope. You're going to sit, you know what I mean? You're going to pack it up and throw your, throw your cleats and your glove in the trash. And you know, yeah, or you're going to, what you going to do? What I love, you gonna do? I love the approach too, because it also, especially with, you know, you sharing the story and the way you did in your perspective means that you focused on proving yourself, proving yourself right. And it wasn't about proving others wrong no. because I feel like sometimes you get into proving others wrong. You end up down a track that wasn't even meant for you in the first place. But when you own who it is you want to be, as you said, when you take control, you become get to proving yourself right, getting yeah. better. And then it turns out the 100%. way it was supposed to. Oh, man, Stan, you're, you're spot on. And here's here's the thing, too, is that it was never about them at all. It was about it, it's about me and taking responsibility for for my results. It's about taking responsibility for for where I fall into that category. Right. And And, and understand this, too. He wasn't saying. You'll never be good enough. Mm-hmm. He just said in this day, on this day, in this time, there are 15 kids that, that make that team. You're just not good enough yet. Mm. Are you willing to put the work in? Mm. And I say that I want you all to know this, that I still have that T today. I've moved all over the country. I've lived in all different places, off to college, off to pro ball, all these different places. Let me tell you something. That shit doesn't go into the moving van. That shit goes in my car. Because it's a symbol and it's a reminder to say, yo, <laughs> you're still not good enough yet. Hey. Today in my business, right? If, we're, if something's happening, 
I had to look at it and say, okay, where, where, where am I not good enough? What do I need to learn? What do I need to be right? Because again, it's, it's those steps. It's, it's reframing it. It's, it's again, it's being the best version of me, not somebody else's version, right? Is if, cause I'm going to tell you and you, and I'm sure y'all have done this as well. If you put in everything, if you really put it in and you say, man, I put in the hours. I did that shit when nobody was watching because that's what counts, right? That's what counts. It counts when, you know, yeah, we want to be great when the, when, when, when the lights are on and 50,000 and ESPN has got this thing going. <laughs> Heck yeah, we want to be. But the only chance you have to even have a shot there is what you do when no one's looking and there are no lights on and nobody's watching. Oh. And that goes in business and that goes in life. Oh. Who you are when no one's watching is who you are. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about as a parent. I'm talking about as a worker. I'm talking about every single aspect. This isn't just about sport because how you are here is how you are everywhere. And it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. And and when we can understand that, yo, we we got a shot. And that's what we got to bring to the world, man. That's what we, that's, that's why I get out of bed every day because I want to help and inspire people to change behavior through belief in action so they can be the best version of themselves. I write that shit every single day. Every day I write it because I need to see it. I need to remember it just like that T. I need to see it. I need to remember because that's what gets you where you want to go. It's the process. It's not the result because I want to be clear. I failed at baseball. You know why? Because my goal was to be a, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> my goal was to be 20 years in the big leagues. My goal, <laughs> like... <laughs> Not even close, y'all. Like, didn't even sniff it. Like, not even, I'm not even in that stratosphere, yo. Like, not even close. So, so that's a failure if you look at it from that perspective. But the only place we, the only place we learn is through failure. I maximized some potential for sure. I got to see, I got to meet some beautiful people and learn from some, some beautiful people. That's why today we're doing this because I cannot go to the grave with what somebody else gave me without giving it back. Mm. It can't die inside of me. It can't. It can't die inside of you. We have to give that back. That's generational habits, man. That's that's what we have to keep giving, right? Whoever's going to listen, whoever wants a piece, like, yo, get let's get in this boat. I'll row my ass off with you. Man. I love it. You know, you mentioned those generational habits. And what you described earlier was some – let's say generational curses, if you will, for lack of better phrasing. What, what do you think, you know, folks, what did you do? What helped you push past that? Cause I think people, it sounds, it's one of those things. It's it's like a sexy quote. People like saying it more than practice in part because it's easy in theory. It's like, Oh yes. Break generational curses, but to actually do it is a complete other conversation and activity. So what do you think were a couple of things that you did that helped you push past those generational issues that, you know, your family experienced with, you know, abuse and such. It's habits. It's, we learn those habits from the people around us, right? Like it or not, environment matters. And some of us don't have that opportunity, right? I think that's my mom's foresight was if I keep these kids in this environment, then the environment is going to dictate what they get, right? So my mom, my, my, I mean, all, all credit to her to say, hey, look, but as you get older, we recognize it. 
Let's be clear. When you're a youngster and you don't have the opportunity, you have to be, you know, your diaper needs to be changed. You got to be fed by them, housed, all those things. But don't use that as a forever. Okay. Is is because as you start to make and you get to make your decisions, you have to have that autonomy. You got to be responsible for you. At some point, mom couldn't do it anymore. Right. At some point, again, I didn't have a dad to play catch with. My mom wasn't out there pitching me balls and doing that shit. She was doing what she could, right, to to give us a a roof over our head, to give us the opportunity, right? She was just trying to make sure I had cleats, you know? I mean, let's be clear. So uh, there's plenty of – and I hear these stories from kids all the time. Oh, I would have made it, but the coach and this, and I didn't have that. I'm like, no, man. It's you. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't yeah. make it because you didn't make it. Not, yeah. ain't nobody else's. And I and I and I'm honest, right? Because the honesty is what got me here. Mm. Is somebody telling me I wasn't good enough yet? You're not good enough right now. What are you going to do about it? So I want people but, to understand just just what you said though is we have to take responsibility. And at Optimal Sub, one of the turn, one of the things I say all the time is I said, listen, the moment you will take responsibility for everything in your life. Every result that you have today, whether you're a grown up or not, whether you're a kid, no matter what, listen, if you will take responsibility for everything in your life, you unlock the power to have anything in your life because now it comes down to what you're going to put into it. Now it comes down to what you are willing to learn, not do, right? We confuse talent and skill with learning. That's not true. What we have to do is we have to be willing to learn maybe a different way, maybe something different. I had to, you know, I had to see kids and see things. I will say one of the things is, you know, we, we did have different um, interactions with, with him as a kid. And I just saw things that I didn't want. Right. I was, I was sleeping on the floor of bars with, with jackets so that he could sit at the bar and get drunk. Cause we were at his house that weekend. Like oh. that's real shit, man. Like, <laughs> and so, <laughs> You know what I mean? I was like, yo, I'm that's that's never gonna be me. And and that was a choice at a young age where I was like, this is this, I just don't want the, man, you know, I want to go home and he's pushing you back down because he has a drink in front of him. You know what I'm saying? Like, go lay down, go lay down. I'll, you know, it's it's crazy, but it was just a choice. It was like, well, that's never gonna happen. Like, you never you ain't never gonna see me being that dude. Never. And so you say, How do you break that curse? The curse is easy. Because it's choice, because I'm just going to make, I'm making a different choice that's going to lead me to where I want to go, right? Leading me to the things that, that mean something to me. And that it's, it's a really, really important piece for, for hopefully the listener to understand and is, is that it's, it also became not about somebody else. I'll, I'll tell you when I failed was, you know, in those years, wanting to be the best second baseman or the best shortstop and looking at who was, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to compare myself with them. And what ends up happening is you start to do things out of your own element, out of your own, you know, being, instead of saying, if I'm just the best version of me, that's going to get me where I want to go. I just got to put in the time. I got to put in the work. And so getting on, when I got on that phase, right, which was way after baseball, was not worrying about what everybody else was doing and, and really putting in the work, putting in an understanding, like, <laughs> again, what do I need? What do I need to learn? 
who, who, who do I need to learn from? Like who, where is that next? Where is that next step of me? And, and I want everyone to be clear on this because this is a part that I think most people get confused on is you look back at your old self. Cause I get this all the time. I'm sure y'all get it. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah, I was the star in high school and I had a six pack, <laughs> right? Oh, the old me, man, the, the glory days. <laughs> yeah. I want everyone to understand something. Those aren't my glory days. Yo, the best is yet to come. I haven't even scratched the surface of the glory days. Here's what I'm telling you. That dude that was hitting home runs, that guy that was winning events at the CrossFit games, he, he would get his ass kicked in this seat today. He wasn't good enough. That's not the glory days. That's not the best me. So the best me is yet to come, y'all. Like, it, I know it. It's, I'm not even close to, the, to where I'm going. And please, I want people to understand this. Don't look at your glory days and think, oh, I can't be. No, (laughs) it's the opposite. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Look, man, you mentioned one of the things I want to highlight is that you mentioned change. All right. And one of the things that you said when you alluded to change is that the change has to come from within. I saw the parallels on the change that happened with your mother, the change that happened with yourself when the coach told you that you wasn't good enough, you know, and you actually accepted the energy of the truth and use it to change you to become, you know, the version, the version of yourself that you are today, man. And like, we love it. I love it. What was one of the toughest things um, from being a professional athlete and transitioning into uh, a civilian, that's what they call it. Uh, what was one of the toughest things that you had to face, you know, when mm. it comes to adversity? Wow, Prince. Beautiful question, man. Thank you for uh, thank you for bringing that to light because that's an important piece. So I really struggled at it for, for about a year or two after at the end of baseball. Mm. And here's what I'll tell you. The, in the way that I can the, articulate it best today is that my – identity was a baseball player. And so the moment that my ident that the baseball player ended, that identity was gone. And now I don't know who I am. Who are you? What do you, what are you going to do? Right. A lot of the things that I said to you, the values came out of the, the work that came after baseball because I had to figure out who I was. And I, uh, it happened to me. I didn't know I was in that maybe a depression, whatever the word you people want to would have put on it, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I was in an identity crisis and I was in my own prison that I didn't even know I was in. Mm. And here's why. I saw a gentleman in the grocery store one day, about two years after, about my second year out of baseball. Mm. And I saw his face. I recognized him. You know, it's those kind of people. And he's like, oh my gosh, Jeremy, how are you? Right. Came over, shook my hand. He's like, stay here, stay here. Is this okay? I want my son to meet you. And he comes over and he bring here comes this kid walking up. He's like seven, eight years old, big grin on his face. And I shook his hand. I said, how are you, man? And he's like, good. He's like, and, and the dad says, this is Jeremy. He, he's the baseball player I was telling you about. And in that moment, inside, like every siren that you have was going off. Cause I was like, oh, I'm not a baseball player no more. <laughs> They don't, they don't pay me no more. <laughs> like I haven't ran on one of those fields in two years. I'm like, Oh my. And it, it, it hurt. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There was a hurt. And I had a great little conversation with the kid and, you know, pumped him up a little bit. 
And inside I was dying. And I checked out, man, and I went and sat in a car and I did not move for, I don't even know how long, to be honest with you. I felt like hours because I was like, what is going on? I was in this like mode of like, why is that affecting me like that? And then, and then through some work and some journaling and doing some inner work, I, I, I was like, yo, it's because my identity was a baseball player. And now that identity has gone and I hadn't worked on me. I didn't have it. And that's why I go back to saying where people need to be the best version of themselves because that you think that car is going to give you status, right? You're going to pull up in that range or that my body, whatever people think. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, it ain't. That big house that, you know, whatever, like all these, all these material things that we think. And, it, and essentially that was portion of the material thing. It was, it was something, right? It's all, it's all equal in, in those, in that world. Is because we think that this status of some kind is going to make me a better me, or or it's going to make me feel, you know, better. It, it doesn't. It's it's a fleeting. It's a very fleeting thing because when it's gone, man, the world comes crashing down inside. Maybe not on the outside. You would have never saw it from me, but on the inside, it was crashing hard, man. It was crashing very bad. And then I through that work, I realized baseball is what I did. It's not who I was. Oh. That was the moment that changed everything for me. So I'm like, okay, so now let's get into who I am. What do you stand for? Right? I stand for integrity. I'm going to be, I'm going to do everything. If I told you I'm going to be here at two o'clock, yo, I'm going to be there at two o'clock. I'm going to do everything in my power to be there. Cause I'm going to, cause, cause that word is all I got right in the character. What is care? It's different for everybody. For me, character is doing the things right. Or being the person I say I'm going to be. I'm going to be that man. I'm going to be that man that gets up and hydrates, that moves. All the principles that I know keep my mind right, keep me in, keep me in I always call it fighting shape, right? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you never know when that fight. Hey, life is going to, every morning life's going to wake up and suck you right in the face, like yeah. hard. Yeah. That's fighting, man. I got to be in fighting shape all the, every day, right? Yeah. And, and I mean that from a mental standpoint. I'm not talking about your six pack and your 6% body fat. Like that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about your mind. You right. got to have that shit right. Yes. That is the difference. So, yes. man, those are the pieces, right, that, that you start to come live. So coming out of baseball, lose, being stuck to that identity and not – and again, you know, whoever said it, you know, the, the worst prison is the one you don't know you're in. And I was in it. I had trapped myself. Right. I had trapped myself because of my identity was stuck. Right. And once I released that, things started happening for me, man. Things started being because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the truth is now I could be something to others. Mm. And that was the point for me that sent it over the top, man. That's the point where it was no longer about me. It was no longer about winning a, a, an event. It was no longer about hitting that home run. It was no longer about making that team or whatever. Or, or in, this, in the case where now I was, is looking at businesses and building businesses and things. Those are still, those are things I do. It's not who I am. Right. Yeah. Well, that's over the top right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yo, it, through all this time, obviously had so many lessons from being, you know, your younger days to now being more seasoned and the best having yet to come. What's some advice you'd give to the, the younger Jeremy? Heck, heck oh. the Jeremy, yeah, just anything. You pick whatever yeah. part of that, but just go ahead, wherever you want to come from. 
the 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 thing that I would tell my younger self is this: Do not let anyone else define your worth. Mm. That is something only you can define for yourself, and it comes from what you do every day. Your worth is not somebody else. So I would, you know, again, because we think that way. I was victim of it, like of myself only, you know what I mean? Is listening, wanting to listen to everybody else. And again, I'm not saying mentors and learning, but do not let somebody else define your worth. You are the only one who can define that. But in in the way to define it is in what you do every day. So, so put down the soda, put down the Big Mac, put that, you know, like do shit that matters. That's going to change your life. Like it comes to every single thing that you consume. That's the one thing I would tell myself. And when I consumption is listen, it's what you listen to. It's what you read. It's the people you're around and it's what you put in your mouth. All those are consumption. So understand that what you consume consumes you mm. be very wise of that and take oh. heed of it bars come on Jeremy. what's up baby i was oh had, like, come on sign sign the alarm man <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we over here dropping bombs man and i oh. love it man because what you consume consumes you and your values are determined by what you do every single day prince yes. thoughts man i feel like you got yeah. something that you're gonna man. drop on us right now I've been dropping, I've been dropping this man's quotes and these gems in here. Where do not let somebody else to define your worth, like the power of yet. I mean, if someone told you you are not good enough, what are you going to do about it? Woo! Come on, come on. This it seems like this is all in the making. This is so, which allows for me to ask you my next question about what do you want your legacy to look like? It seems Mm -hmm. like you're already. And planting that as we speak. So please expound. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll go back to, to, to my mission, which is to inspire people to change behavior through mm-hmm. belief and action so they can be the best version of themselves. And here's and, and, and I'll I'll expand on that a little bit deeper for, for our audience is that so in order to change behavior, you must do something different, right? So you guys know if you do the same thing over and over again, you're gonna get the same result, right? And if you, if you expect a different result, that's how we call insanity. You've heard it before, but let me be clear. Behavior is your habits. So if we're going to change behavior, we got to do something different, but it comes down to belief and action. And here's why. And, and belief, I want people to understand it. If you came to one of us and then somebody came and said, Hey, can you help me lose 50 pounds? Can you help me, you know, make a million dollars in my business? Can you help me get a better, whatever, right? We could, we could craft a plan with them based on their goal, based on their skill, based on all those things to, to start to, 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 to generate that. But here's the thing. When I sit with people and that happens, I ask them this question. Okay. I'm going to ask you belief first. Here's the plan, right? You said you want to lose 50 pounds, right? Okay. Here's the plan. Here's the exercise plan. Here's our nutrition plan. Here's what it is. Do you believe that that plan will get you there? Do you believe that that plan will get you there? Ninety-nine. I mean, 99.999% when you put the plan, people say, yeah, man. Oh yeah. Eating that way and, and exercising a little bit, a couple of days a week. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I believe that I'm, I'm in boom. They'll pound their chest. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That plan's going to work. I say, okay, 
I want you to know this: that belief is has a, belief has a two, has a, is a two sided coin. So I'm gonna flip the I'm gonna flip the coin over now because we know that you believe in the plan. So I'm gonna flip the coin over. And we're gonna go to this side. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to ask you now: Do you believe that you are worthy of that goal? Do you believe that you are deserving of that goal? And do you believe that you are capable of achieving that goal? You see, because now it comes down to that self worth. Now it comes down to what you believe in yourself because you know the plan's going to work. You know, I'm going to get in that boat and go with you. Let's go, right? You know, I'm going to roll my ass off. Every day you show up, I'm going to roll my ass off with you. I promise you that. You know that. But here's the thing. If you don't believe you're worthy, capable, and deserving of that goal, hmm. you'll, you'll never go. Doesn't matter how good the plan is. Doesn't no matter how, how, how that map looks. Doesn't matter if we got that GPS right to that, that, you know, right. You won't do it. So we have to dig deeper inside ourselves. So if we can help people change behavior through belief, Mm. because you're never going to change the behavior if you don't believe it's possible. And then we're going to take action. We're going to actually do something. Right. Y'all, you can't, this isn't the law of attraction. I'm not saying this is not great. I'm not saying don't have a vision. I'm not saying don't see it on your board. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is you can't just sit here and hope. Hope is not a strategy. You got to get your ass up and do something. You got to actually put the work in. If I, can get you to cha- if I can get you to believe in action, you will change behavior. And you will be, and, and, and you will be on the journey of being the best version of you. That's the oh. impact I want to leave, man. That that's where I want to go. Hope oh, is not a strategy. Stay no, take it away from here, man. Take it away from here, man. Belief <laughs> and action. Listen, you were uh, first off. We never disappoint. So if you are coming across this live, you have to be listening via podcast, what have you, or, or YouTube. This has been a complete gem. Any final words, Jeremy? Before we get out of here. Ah, yeah, man. This just came up the other day. And, you know, I know this will live on forever and it should be evergreen, but I want people to know this. Um, I was watching the Hall of Fame induction of Kobe Bryant. And most people, you know, I mean, the tragic loss of of just a tremendous human, right? Let alone. And so when you say the word Kobe, people dig basketball, 81 points, championships, they think of all these things, right? And when I was listening to it and I heard Michael Jordan talk about him and I heard some other people talk about him and I heard his wife, Vanessa, talk about him. And what they all talked about was his mentality. They talked about his work ethic. And what I want people to understand, the genius of Kobe Bryant was not the shot. He did not master basketball. He didn't. He missed more shots than he made. <laughs> Mastery would be like, yep, he's draining every shot. Yo, doesn't miss. That doesn't happen, yo. That doesn't happen. It does not happen. He did not master basketball. What he mastered was the art of showing up. He was there before you. He stayed later than you. He put in the work when no one was watching. He did not master basketball. But I want to I want to share something with you in regards to that. There's a there's an amazing. It's called the Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi. It's an old samurai warrior, and in that book he says, "If you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything." What I want people to understand is this: therefore, excellence in anything increases your potential in everything. And I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll take it back to Kobe for a second. 
what Kobe did and became was yes, one of the greatest of all time. Okay. One of the best ever to, to, to play basketball, but I want people to know something after basketball, he won an Oscar. That's like the championship for movie making as a writer and, and a narrator, right. And a director. He, made, he wrote Dear Basketball. If you haven't seen it, go listen to it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But here's what I want people to know. You talk about the team that he put around him for, for that when it was time to go into this second portion of his, his life, right? And this is what he wanted to do. Those people, those producers, those, the, those writers, all those people that he had around him say the same thing that the basketball players, that his players and his teammates there, his teammates on that side, they say he was there before us. He'd say, okay, meet here at nine o'clock. He was there at six and he would have things up. He would have stuff on the whiteboard that he wanted them to see because you know why? Because he, because he, when you know the way broadly, you see it in everything. He knew the way to the greatness, the greatness. He mastered the art of showing up. He mastered the art of the work. The genius of Kobe was not 81 points in five championships. The genius of Kobe was that he got up every day. Do you know they did the same thing for Gianna, which was there was nobody where for her to play basketball. Like there was very little teams. And so he got together and he pulled geese together and he put a team together and they built league. It's called the Mamba League so that these girls had somewhere to play and they traveled around. And now people were, were flocking from all other states to be around it because, they, because he was building something. Please understand, he, uh, uh, the genius of him is what every single one of you have inside of you. It's showing up for you and for what's important and putting in the work. Yeah, we're not all going to score 81 in an NBA game. We're not all going to win championships. That's true. We're not all going to win Oscars. But, yo, we can all show up for our lives, for our family, and for the people around us. And hell yeah. And Jeremy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Prince. You have to repeat the, the quote from the Book of Fire Rings. When you know the way broadly, what? If you know, If you know the way broadly... You will see it in everything. And I'll give you my version of that. So therefore, excellence in anything. If we can do one thing, excellence, you increase your potential in everything, right? And Aristotle put it this way for those people that are, that are, that love that. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit, right? So again, if you know the way broadly, you see it in everything. See it in everything. That. That's and if you can be excellent in one thing, you can be excellent in all things. That's right. I mean, that's right. It's got to be small. It, it's small. You know what? And I mean that in, in in this regard is that if start with something very small with optimal self, the, our first principle, and I, and I know we're coming up on time, but I just want to share this is that we talk about hydration because. Your mind, your brain is over 90% water. Your muscles are over 80% water. Your bones is over 70% water. And yet we get up and we have a coffee or a Diet Coke and we drink lemonades and we drink all these things with all the sugar and all these things in us. And yet, so what we are actually doing is we're taking water out of that control center, that that main control center. I see you working, Prince. (laughs) Like, where's my water at? Like, here's why though. I want people to understand this. If, if I can get people to literally master getting up 
and having a hydration cocktail, right? Himalayan sea salt and lemon. There, and, and on the website, you guys can figure all that out. I don't want to go deep into that. But here's why. If you can streak those things together every day, you can master that. Anybody can do that. Anybody. Then, then that increases your potential in everything you do. Yo, cannot thank you enough, Jim Herder, for for joining us today. Really quick, folks, again, I'm just going to wrap this up in in Jeremy's bow. Master the art of showing up. Master the art of showing up and being willing to be excellent, excellent in at least one thing and a small thing. Yes. And then watch that pour over everything else you can be excellent into. For those of you all watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to Prince Andrews Jr. YouTube page. And you can join us every week here, Game Beyond the Games Facebook page, live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This has been an amazing, amazing episode. And we uh, look forward to catching up with you again, Jeremy, I'm sure. And thank you all for tuning in today. Have a great meal. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.